listening to the Soul Source Podcast. I'm your host, Raquel Amell. Soul Source exists to share stories that are shaping our world today. We go straight to the source of the information to give you the best insight on topics and to show you what's being done about these issues, as well as how you can help to make a difference. So buckle up, Soul Source Society, because we're about to get started. Beforehand, people thought that, you know, once marriage equality came down from the Supreme Court about five years or so ago, that, you know, everything was kind of done. Once you had marriage equality, you had full equality for the LGBTQ community. Uh, And that wasn't the case. Um, In fact, you could still get married on a Friday, uh, and in half the country, you could be fired on Monday just for being gay in the workplace. Hello, I'm your host, Raquel Amell, and guys, something really big and really great has happened in the last month. The Supreme Court ruled that the 1964 Civil Rights Act protects gay, lesbian, and transgender employees from discrimination based on sex. This is a big deal because members of the LGBTQ community have been living in fear of losing their jobs just because of who they are for a long time. My guest today, his name is Jason Ray. He's the president and CEO of the Wisconsin LGBT Chamber of Commerce. Jason, welcome to Soul Source. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here. And I want to start off by just saying congratulations. I mean, the Supreme Court ruling is a huge win. It's a long time coming, too. It was a tremendous and surprising, actual victory last month when we uh, won those three Supreme Court uh those three Supreme Court cases, which is, I'm still kind of in shock uh, about it, actually. Yeah, I mean, so it, it's incredible, really. And it just kind of goes to show, I think, kind of where, where we're headed here as a country and as a nation. But I mentioned that you are with the LGBT Chamber of Commerce. So just start off by telling me a little bit about what that is and what you do specifically there. Yeah, it's a great question. So the Wisconsin LGBT Chamber uh, is a statewide business organization uh, made up of nearly 700 LGBT-owned and allied businesses who are really committed to saying, how do we create a more welcoming and inclusive community for all people? So we really focus our attention on what can we do to help strengthen and support uh, businesses through education, through networking, um, through other avenues and resources to really help businesses be as successful as they can be. Um, so that's really kind of our, our work is really helping support those businesses that believe in diversity and inclusion. It sounds like it's a lot of fun. I absolutely love it. I, when I founded the organization just over eight years ago, um, I, I knew it would be um, a lot of work, but I didn't realize how much fun it is. And I think my favorite part of it is really getting to, to hear different stories from entrepreneurs and business owners and understand you know, how they got to where they are. And uh, my, my favorite are those who have you know, had a, a job, um, maybe were in corporate America and decided to leave and take a leap of faith and try an idea that they had uh, and lead a successful business on their own. Those are some of my favorite stories to, to hear and see. Yeah, and how many members do you have now? We are just shy of 700 businesses from around the state uh, as members. So I, I don't think I ever would have envisioned it getting uh, that large this quickly, you know, less than 10 years and near 700 members. So why, in your opinion, then, is it so important for businesses to be affiliated here with the LGBT Chamber? I think there's a, there's a number of reasons, but I think the first and foremost um, is consumers really want to do business with those that share their values. There've been study after study that have come out to really talk about how LGBTQ individuals are willing to spend, um, one study showed willing to spend twice as much on a product or service if they knew the company uh, that they were purchasing from was uh, inclusive and supportive of the LGBTQ community. So we are getting on average uh, in our business directory 
um, online, about 15,000 searches a month from individuals around the state want to find businesses that they can support, whether it's a retail store, a restaurant, uh, a law firm, um, whatever it may be. Uh, consumers want to do business with those that share their values. So I think first and foremost for a company, um, wanting to make sure that they're you know, able to reach that market, um, able to reach those consumers, I think is the first thing. And I think following that is really here to say, how do you grow your business? We're really committed to helping our business members uh, grow, thrive, and be successful. Uh, so we're here to help provide the tools and resources so that their business can um, can can be the best it can be. That, that sounds amazing. So let's talk a little bit about this ruling because it is so historical. What does it mean for the LGBTQ community to have the Supreme Court recognize them and protect them from discrimination in the workplace? Uh, it's a tremendous thing. So, you know, it, it where I find it's it's really impactful is really understanding that beforehand people thought that you know once marriage equality came down from the Supreme Court about five years or so ago that you know everything was kind of done that once you had marriage equality you had full equality for the LGBTQ community uh, and that wasn't the case. Um, in fact, you could still get married on a Friday, uh, and in half the country you could be fired on Monday just for being gay in the workplace. So these rulings that really allowed um, and really enshrined and that said that discrimination based on sex also means discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity and expression. So now, no matter where you are in the country, you can still get married on Friday and you can't be fired on Monday anymore for, be, for being who you are, uh, which is just a tremendous step forward. But of course, it's not the end, but it's, it's a great victory. Uh, to say the least. For people who, who may not realize, I mean, you talked about discrimination, but like how prevalent is that or was that prior to this coming down? You know, how much did you hear about that? You know, I, I've heard anecdotally about it from folks. You know, one of the things that I see, there was a study that came out from the Human Rights Campaign about two years ago that talked about people being out in the workplace. And it showed about 46% of LGBT workers weren't out in the workplace. So when you see numbers like that, you realize that whether it's um, a, a personal just fear of what that may be, um, or there's, there's real discrimination that people have experienced and they don't wanna have to live through that. So when you see numbers, you know, 46% of folks say that they don't, that they're not out at work, you realize there's a lot going on and that we need to make sure we're, we're continuing to build that inclusive uh, workplace where people can bring uh, their best self to work. I used to say their full self to work, but it's, I want people to bring their best self. I want people to bring the self where they are most authentic, where they are true, where they don't have to worry about um, hiding a part of their identity. You know, I've talked to folks who have been afraid of putting a photo on their desk uh, of their partner because they're not out. And so they have to leave that part of them you know, in the car when they shut the door. Um, so at least this Supreme Court decision at least paves the way for those individuals, hopefully, to feel more comfortable in the workplace. I think there's still work that corporations and others we can do to make sure that it is an inclusive environment, but this at least opens the door so that they can't be fired simply for, you know, who they are and who they love. And when you talk about best self, I mean, talk about that a little bit more because what does that do to someone when you when you can't be your full self going just going to work there's a tremendous impact there's on the personal side you're having to hide you're spending time there's a mental drain on you for always having to think about well what pronouns do i use you know what do i say when somebody says what would you do this weekend and you have to consciously think about okay i can't say you know my husband and i did this so you have to kind of walk around it so there's 
a mental drain, but there's also an economic drain on it. Similar studies um, have really shown the toll of if you can't bring your best self to work, you're probably not going to be performing to the, the top of your capability. You are uh, that mental drain is going to wear on you. You are more likely to actually call in sick for work. You're more likely to to miss deadlines. So there's a real economic uh, piece of, of this as well around allowing people to bring their best selves so that you can also uh, produce the best work. So this isn't only benefiting the LGBTQ community, it's benefiting employers, businesses too. Absolutely. it's These decisions have a wide ranging impact that I think will reverberate for a long time. Yeah. So prior to this ruling, were there any protections in place? So, you know, Wisconsin was actually the first state um, in 1982 to pass um, a law that protected against discrimination in employment, housing, and public accommodations for uh, based on sexual orientation. So if you were, you know, gay or lesbian, uh, there were already protections, you know, in Wisconsin prohibiting that discrimination uh, in employment. Um, it did not, though, protect on gender identity and expression. So our trans community still could be fired. Now, what was interesting with that um, was that many municipalities around the state decided to pass their own laws to protect against discrimination. Um, so uh, Milwaukee, Madison, um, De Pere, and others uh, all passed their own local ordinances prohibiting discrimination based on gender identity and expression. But that obviously wasn't the law all across the state. And, and unfortunately, it wasn't the law in, in many states. Less than half the states in the country had laws prohibiting discrimination uh, for employment for either sexual orientation or sexual orientation and gender identity. So it was really a patchwork of laws here and there. And what we actually heard from business owners was, um, if you have a business, you know, headquartered in Wisconsin, you might have a plant in Mississippi. There's two different sets of rules around discrimination in the workplace. So now there is one universal law, you know, rule from the court that really says discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity is wrong, period. And we will be right back after this short break. When women and girls are disproportionately represented, we all suffer. The Women's Fund for the Fox Valley region is empowering women and girls through grants, advocacy, and education. It is all made possible through donations from generous donors like you because the full participation of women and girls is the key to a strong, equitable, and sustainable community we can all thrive in. To change the life of a woman or a girl in your community, donate today at womensfundfvr.org. So what do you think that this ruling from the Supreme Court means then for our country? Are we becoming more accepting as a society, in your opinion? What do you think? I absolutely think we are becoming more accepting. I was just talking to someone about this the other day, and I really think that I, I, I don't I don't think that I would have thought several years ago that we would have seen the strides for the LGBTQ community uh, as quickly as we have. It was like dominoes falling uh, with you had marriage equality and there was just so much and you are seeing now corporations and businesses really step out uh, in a proactive way to really want to reach and target the LGBTQ community. You know, we've got some chamber members that are more conservative industries um, that 
are really doing everything that they can to embrace the community, whether it's supporting uh, internally through employee resource groups, whether it is through uh, marketing and advertising campaigns. Um, and I think it has become much more of an accepting thing. And I, I also think it has to do with uh, a generational shift as well. When you look at studies around support for the LGBTQ community, it is the younger generations overwhelming that, that support it, whether they are uh, progressive or conservative, Democrat or Republican, that LGBTQ issues are just common sense, that people should be treated with respect and dignity for who they are. What is it like for you to see this coming to fruition, just for you personally? You know, it's really rewarding. Um, I was on the board of, of Fair Wisconsin, the state's uh, LGBTQ advocacy organization, um, for almost 10 years. Um, and in some of those, we had I joined the board right after we had come off of the Wisconsin campaign for marriage equality back in 2006. And we lost that campaign. And we weren't sure what victories we'd end up ever being able to have. We thought it might be a setback for generations. And to see this stride is just, there aren't words um, really to say about it. It's just, I'm, I'm excited and, and proud to be, you know, in this movement and really working to uh, create change and create um, a community um, where people can be their full self. They can be their best self. It, um, it, it's just, it's an exciting spot to be right now. Yeah. So there's no denying that this is a huge win, but you, you mentioned already, there is still a long way to go. Tell me a little bit about what else is still needed. You know, this, you know, the Supreme Court decision really only protected against discrimination in employment. So there is still, um, you know, in, in Wisconsin, for example, if you are trans, you can still be discriminated against in some communities uh, based on, you know, discrimination in housing, public accommodations, you know, restaurants and places you might go. Um, and so there is work that needs to be done to pass the Equality Act federally, and the Equality Act would make sure that we are enshrining in the Civil Rights Act language that prohibits discrimination based on um, sexual orientation and gender identity, not only in employment, but in housing, uh, credit, uh, public accommodations, federally funded programs. So there's still a long ways to go to make sure that it is actually codified in law and not just, you know, based on a couple Supreme Court rulings. You know, the Equality Act has already passed the U.S. House uh, this term, so it is waiting action uh, in the Senate, and I, and I don't know that it will come up uh, and pass, but it really is so important to just make sure that it is um, enshrined in law and that we are going beyond just uh, employment, uh, that we are getting the full lived equality uh, experience. There's a long way to go until that full lived equality. I mean, I was going to ask you why it's so important. I feel like it's kind of obvious, though, why it's important. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's one of those that it just, it, it's already gotten broad support, but it, it is so needed to just ensure that, you know, employment is just one piece of a person's experience. If you can still be denied housing, if you can still be denied and discriminated against in credit, uh, in federal funded programs, in some places, jury service, uh, public spaces, education, uh, that we need to just make sure that regardless of your sexual orientation or your gender identity and expression, uh, that you are uh, not able to be discriminated against in any facet uh, of your life, frankly. So what do you want people who are listening right now, what would you like them to know about those that identify as a member of the LGBTQ community? That's a really tough question. And I think it's one where I would say it is more diverse than people think. 
when it comes to that. It's, it's a community that's intersecting. You know, you might be black and LGBT, you might be Hispanic and LGBT, it is men, it is women, it is conservative, uh, it is different. It's not a monolithic community that looks and acts a certain way. So I think that's one of the things that uh, I want them to know is that it's a community that is diverse, that it is uh, wide ranging. Um, and with it also comes different experiences. Everyone's experience as an LGBTQ individual uh, is different. Uh, it is not all the same. Everybody's coming out story is not the same. Everyone's personal story of acceptance from family and friends is not the same. So it's one where you have to respect and appreciate the differences that come with the community. I think the other piece that I would, would add on it on a, on, a, on a note is there's also this uh, belief out there that I've heard from many that it's, you know, it's, it's a rich community. You know, you've got double income, no kids, you know, in some of these households. And that's not the case. Actually, there are, you know, poverty rates among youth. They're highest amongst LGBT youth. Uh, when you look at then access to credit and finances, there are studies that show how access to financial resources that actually hurt many members of the LGBTQ community. So, you know, I share that as just a way to start, as folks to think around that it is a, such a diverse community with so many diverse experiences that it isn't just one person's story, that I'd want people to realize that it's, it's, it's really a, it's cliche to say, but it's a rainbow of stories, of different stories and different perspectives. It's a lot like life. It is. It really is. Yeah. And so, okay, I'm going to take that question and flip it. I'm going to ask you somebody who's listening, who's a member of that community. What do you want them to know? Uh, I want them to know that there are organizations like the chamber out there to help support them, to help connect them to uh, whether it's businesses that want to, to work with them, whether it's uh, on our online job board for them to find uh, employers that welcome them at you know the moment they walk through the door that they can bring their best self uh, and to know that there are opportunities to build that professional network um, that we are here to help help them know that it is okay uh, to be out in business that it is good that we are here uh, and there is a it's it's truly um, I think of the chamber as a as a family that they're there to support one another to grow together I love watching the relationships that get made um, between people, whether they're ever going to do business together or not, but the true relationships and professional relationships that, that bring people together who want to work and support one another, that I just want the community to know that there's this professional resource uh, out there to help support them. Is the LGBT chamber in Milwaukee, which is statewide in Wisconsin, is that a unique thing to Wisconsin or are there chambers like this throughout the United States? That's a great question. There are 51 LGBT chambers across the U.S. Um, spread out, you know, there's some are statewide like ours that, that really do serve the entire state. And there's some, you know, California, I think has, you know, seven, one in every city. So it's not everywhere. There's still um, work uh, to be done, but uh, it's a growing movement. We're an affiliate of the National LGBT Chamber. And we really work closely with our, our sister uh, chambers across the country to really learn and grow together because it's also, it's, it's an it's a national effort to really help support LGBT and allied businesses uh, as well and really advocating for change um, from an economic uh, and business angle. So if someone is interested and, and they want to contact, you know, you guys specifically, LGBT Chamber in Milwaukee and become a member or just learn more, how can they get a hold of you guys? Great question. They can find information on our website. It's just WISLGBTChamber.com. Google Wisconsin LGBT Chamber, we, we pop up right away. Um, easy to find us, our contact information is there, our, our event calendar folks are 
welcome and invite us to pop in. We're doing some virtual networking events uh, to pop in and just see what we're all about. And then um, just for people listening to, is this a, is it a paid membership to be a part of this or you just sign up? How does that work? It is a, it's a paid membership. Uh, it's an annual dues to get listed. Uh, you, you get listing in our business directory, opportunity to post on the job board, um, invitation to all of our events, newsletter, things like that. So uh, we try to keep the prices as low as we can to help really allow businesses to know um, that, you know, they've got lots of expenses, especially in this unique time right now uh, where many are cutting and things. But this is a great way as they're looking at how do they market their business, uh, a great way to reach the community. Well, Red Shoes Inc. is a part of the LGBT chamber. And I, I get all these really cool emails from you guys that have all these really fun events happening. In fact, I think there's one happening with coffee. We've got a virtual coffee connection coming up. We've done, we like to do a lot of fun things. I'm, I'm anxious to get back to in-person again at some point because uh, some of our best ones are with, uh, in person, but we've had everything from a virtual drag bingo during this uh, time to um, a virtual career fair we did a couple weeks ago. So we're trying to, to continue to be innovative to support businesses um, during this pandemic. Well, you guys are doing a great job. And thank you, Jason, for being here with me, helping explain a little bit about what this ruling has meant and a little bit about the LGBT chamber. I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. And if you want to hear more Soul Source, subscribe to the show. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. And if there's something you want us to talk about on the show, we can do that too. We have a Facebook group called the Soul Source Society. It is where we interact with listeners, share special content only seen in that group, talk about shows, get ideas for future podcasts, and overall, we just have a lot of fun. That's Soul Source Society on Facebook. We hope to see you there. Soul Source is brought to you by Red Shoes Inc., a leading agency specializing in crisis and strategic communications, media relations, social media, and so much more. To learn more about Soul Source and Red Shoes, visit us at redshoesinc.com.